Hello and good day. You're here for another episode of Real Ramblin'. I know you are, and I'm here to uh, talk with you. So the podcast that takes its time to discuss and appreciate movies, that is Real Ramblin'. That's what we do here. Talk about life, too, and just whatever else, really whatever else strikes my fancy. So <laughs> welcome. I'm glad you're here. And um, I'm just going to jump in by talking about the year so far. It's uh, still January. So happy January. Happy 2023. Um, and really, I feel like uh, I'm so far... I feel really blessed this year. It's been a good year, and I think uh, there's a lot more good stuff to come ahead. So be encouraged, as I am. Um, at the start of the year, every year, I get to celebrate both uh, my wedding anniversary and my birthday. So maybe that's part of it. It just feels like it's been a, a fun and happy start. Um, my wife and I celebrated 12 years uh, this year. Vicki, I love you. And um, I also turned 34 this year. Um, yeah, 34... You know, it doesn't feel all that different than than 33, to be honest. Um, <laughs> once I hit my 30s, it's kind of the same story in a lot of ways. Uh, I wake up with random aches and pains. Exercising is a lot more work, and I don't feel like it half the time. Um, but there you go. That That's all right. Um, that's life. Um, gifts. I, I also was gifted with some pretty cool stuff this year. Um, well, mostly my wife knows I, I love... Um, uh, vinyl records. Uh, she got me a record player last year. And so since then I've kind of been collecting here and there. And, um, so for anniversary and birthday gifts, she got me a Bowie legacy on vinyl. Oh, it's incredible. I love David Bowie. And, uh, she also got me the, the 10th anniversary edition of the Lumineers very first record, their self self-titled album. That's my favorite one. And it, yes, it sounds great, uh, on that record player. So thanks again, Vicki. Um, I finally got around to watching Hustle also at the start of this year. I had talked about wanting to, to see it like pretty much all throughout last year and I just never got around to it. Um, but it is a great movie. Ethan Simi, if you're listening, we talked about this too. We talked about Hustle and the, the power of Adam Sandler and what he could do in a dramatic role. Um, and this is yet just another great example. Um, I, I feel like here's a funny side note about Mr. Adam Sandler. Um, anytime... Y'all have a celebrity lookalike, like people come up to you randomly and they're like, hey, have you, has anyone ever told you you look like? So for me, Adam Sandler is, is the one I get the most. And most of the time I don't really see it, um, but I feel like the more I'm, uh, the, the older I'm getting and the more that he's aging, I kind of <laughs> am starting to see it a little bit more. Um, but I don't think that's a bad thing. He's a good looking guy. Um, but this, this movie is great. I think for me, it, it really was able to draw me in. Uh, despite the fact that it, it is a sports movie, technically, I'm not a huge sports movie guy. Um, and it's basketball in particular. That's not even like a sport that I really follow all that much. But I think, uh, again, it comes down to story as it as it so often does for me is a great story. Um, I was engaged with the um, following a Bo Cruz and just his upbringing and then his uh, his drive and the cinematography. I know that's a buzzword in movie talk, but really, I think it played along really well with um, getting into uh, the, the the mind and emotion of Bo in a lot of these scenes where it, there's a lot of uh, close-ups on his face um, when he's feeling stressed or pressured, or you could you could see the sweat literally um, of his hard work. Um, so yeah, lots of good camera work and. Um, you know, not all the dialogue is uh, completely kid appropriate. Obviously, it's it's not for kids, but um, 
anyway, that didn't bother me all too much. Uh, it's good stuff. If you haven't seen Hustle, I encourage you to watch it. All right. Um, this episode is going to be a, an audience Q&A episode. I pull back the curtain for just a minute. Um, really, the rest of the calendar year, I've got it laid out, scheduled, planned out. Uh, I know what I want to talk about on each uh, monthly episode. But January was the the uh, wild card for this year. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know where I want to go with it. And so um, sometimes when that happens, I think, all right, let me just uh, throw throw it to the audience and um, do kind of an ask me anything process. And so I did that again. And I want to thank you all that you all really showed up this time. I got a lot of uh, great questions and a um, good amount of response time. So again, much appreciated. And I can't wait to dive in here. So let's go. Um, first up is uh, I'll start in order here. I've got Ben Lawhorn from Three Films and a Podcast and then Tyler Beck, uh, his cohort in Three Films and a Podcast. Those guys are a lot of fun. They and um, and Matt uh, make up that trio. And I've been on their show a couple of times, and it's just, they have so much fun. Um, so I, I'm going to encourage you again, listeners, to go check them out. Ben uh, asked me, hey, what's what's your Oscar pick, you know, for, for best film um, from 2022? Which one do you think is going to take it? And I'll be honest, I want to start by saying I'm, I'm definitely not an expert in uh, ever in, in predicting uh, nominees or winners with when it comes to the Academy Awards, but that's okay. It's still a really fun question. And even though I don't watch uh, a lot of the Oscars anymore, um, I feel like with you asking me this question, Ben, it really forced me to kind of dig in a little bit deeper and look at the list, and uh, I'll probably end up watching uh, the Oscars in March uh, this year just because I'm I'm a little more invested now. So thank you. Um, I think uh, as as you guys on your podcast recently, you did your auction draft for movies of 2023. Um, and then you also shared a little bit as a group of like the movies that you thought were, you know, the greatest of 2022 or your favorite and everything everywhere all at once came up a lot. It was like unanimously like, yeah, this is the movie. And so I definitely have to piggyback off of that uh, and say that um, I, I think uh, that's the one that I want to win best picture from uh, those in the list. Um, I mean, it's what 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 more is there to say about it? It's everything everywhere all at once. It no, is crazy. Talk about a unique and wild ride. Um, really fun casting. I always love uh, the chance to see uh, data or short round. <laughs> in, in, uh, things in his adult career. Um, so even though uh, that, that movie is a lot of fun and, and I want that to win in all honesty, I think it's likely going to go to, uh, like Maverick or Elvis, um, you know, one of the, the bigger titles. And honestly, most of the nominees, I, again, I haven't seen, and that's often the case for me. I just don't get around to watching as many movies these days, even though I want to. But the whale, even though even though the whale was not nominated for best picture, uh, I'm I'm hoping to get to the theater this weekend actually and catch it before it leaves because um, I think it it does look like a great movie. Having having said that, I'm not surprised that it's not in the list of uh, nominees for best picture with some of these other big hitters. Um, but even without seeing the full movie yet, honestly, I'm I'm really polling for Brendan Fraser to be awarded Best Actor for his role in the film. Uh, between what I've seen in the the trailer and and then interviews that he's done to promote it, you can just uh, it's like you can just feel the the passion that he's putting into 
not only the role, but uh, the issue of obesity and and its effect on families. Um, he seems like he he really cares about it and learned a lot about it through this process. Um, so it's always great to see that. And it's great to see Brendan continue to diversify, you know, um, like if you look back at his filmography of the big titles that he's been in, he gave us like fun action with the mummy franchise. He gave us oddball comedy with titles like George of the jungle and Sino man. Um, and then it's kind of like now he's back and he's here to remind everyone that, uh, he can do something more grounded and, and somber like the whale. So I look forward to watching that, um, hopefully really soon, but again, best actor, even though I want Brendan Fraser to get it, probably going to go to someone like Austin Butler. Um, it's it's hard to go up against a, uh, you know, a successfully executed biopic that in many ways hinged on that lead performance. So, um, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Ben, thanks for that question. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. That's the one I want to win Best Picture. We'll see what happens, man. Uh, Tyler Beck, yeah. Question in a similar vein, but now looking forward into this year. I love it. Most excited for? What movie am I most excited for this year, 2023? Uh, man, I really had a hard time uh, narrowing this one down to one. So if I have to go with one, I will. But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out three, <laughs> and I'll put the one at the top, and then I have to mention a couple of runner-ups as well. I mean, if you look at the list of movies that are like 100% slated for this year. And then even some that are like, yeah, it might happen. There's a lot. Uh, this is going to be a big year for movies. And I know it feels like we say that almost every year, but I mean, really. Um, but the one I'm most excited for is 65. Um, that's referring to the uh, Adam Driver dinosaur pick. I mean, what more do you need than that? That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> the 65 refers to a 65 million years ago. And uh, it's Adam Driver running around. It's got a quiet place feel to it. I believe some of the writers from that are behind this one. Um, and again, that that's I'm going to show up for that. <laughs> it sounds really cool. And then, uh, all right, so closely behind that, I'm also really looking forward to Super Mario Bros. Mostly out of curiosity. It's kind of like a, huh, you know, I wonder how this is going to be executed. From the trailers, it actually looks pretty cool. Um, you know, I have a little bit more confidence in it after watching the trailers, then maybe I felt about it. I don't know when I first heard its announcement, the Chris Pratt of it all, you know, I, I'm still not sure about that, but, um, this is still definitely going to be a big blockbuster. That's going to bring, you know, my kids and I to the theater. And so, uh, you know, that's going to create a, a fun family memory and I'm always up for that. And then Wonka with my man, Timothy Chalamet. Wonka is interesting because, um, again, this is one that I, i I, when I first heard the announcement, I thought, yeah, we don't need another Wonka. But then on the other side of it, I I think there's so little known about it at this point uh, that it can go in any direction and it can it can provide something uh, fun and different and exciting. And I hope it does that. I hope it surprises us all. And uh, whether it's a musical or not, whether it, it um, goes a little bit darker, I don't know. Looking at the cast list, I, I see names like uh, Keegan-Michael Key and uh, a couple other, uh, Rowan Atkinson, a couple other comedic actors. So I'm I'm... I think it's probably going to be another lighthearted, um, w which is my hesitation there, because I really want a Wonka story just to go a little bit darker. I thought we were going to get that with uh, Tim Burton's version, and then obviously we did not. We got one of the worst films ever made. But anyway, 
much like Super Mario Brothers, this one has my curiosity, if nothing else. Um, so I, I will likely go to the theater excited to um, unwrap something sweet. Runner-ups, uh, Dune Part 2, because why not? The first one was really, really good. I loved it. Um, I still haven't sat down and, and read that whole series, but anytime I think about doing that, people tell me that it gets really, really weird and crazy. And so maybe Dune 2, I don't have the same kind of uh, excitement that I did for the first one. Uh, and then hopping over to another runner-up of mine, uh, Indiana Jones 5, Indy 5. Um, I am not a Crystal Skull hater. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, number four. I think I think that movie gets pooped on way more than it deserves. Uh, and if you ask me, the the hinting at the end of that one of uh, passing the torch or the hat, the hat and the whip to Shia LaBeouf, I loved that idea. And that was at the time where a lot of people didn't like that choice. Um, but definitely now, fast forward, you know, Shia's had a little bit of a, a renaissance, and uh, I think he's. Um, matured a little bit more. I think he would definitely be ready to uh, take on that mantle, but I don't think that's the the direction that they're heading with Indy 5. You've got Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who I'm not really a fan of, to be honest. Um, I think she may be, if they're going to do a new indie, I think that's where they're headed. Uh, but at any rate, it's always fun to watch old Harrison Ford be old and grumpy. So uh, we've got that. It, it's going to bring me to the theater. Um, so there you have it. Again, Tyler, thanks so much for a fun question. And I know I kind of cheated a little bit and threw a bunch of titles out there for your answer. But number one most excited for this year, I have to say 65. It's coming out soon, March, I believe. Um, so I'm going to watch it and then uh, I'll try to share my thoughts on it pretty soon on the podcast here. All right. My next question from the audience is coming from my lovely wife, Vicki. Um, she did a really interesting one. We were in conversation the other day. I'm like, Hey, you want to ask me another question? And she's like, um, no. <laughs> uh, but then a couple of minutes later, out of nowhere, she's like, yeah, um, what TV show should be a movie or the other way around? Like, what's a movie that should become a TV show? And I thought, you know what? That's really good. I think most of the time we get the uh, TV series, right, that, that stem from a movie or franchise or something like that. Um, and I think it's a little bit more rare for a, a TV show to become a, a movie. I mean, there are a few examples. Maybe we can think of uh, Get Smart, The Simpsons, things like that. But um, on the whole, I think uh, especially nowadays, the current trend is just like creating series out of everything. I think of Willow, uh, The Rings of Power, and it's just kind of the way of going the way of streaming. Um, but to answer this question, I think I have to kind of follow the trend here, but only because I do see the uh, benefit of stretching out a story into a uh, multi multiple episode kind of thing or even multiple season kind of uh, kind of deal. And so I have always wanted to go back in time with Harry Potter. And I'm not talking about <laughs> what J.K. Rowling has done with the Fantastic Beast series, uh, where it's become kind of the origin of Dumbledore. Like, Part of that is cool. I'm okay with it. I know a lot of people hate where that trilogy has gone. Actually, it's not even a trilogy. I think there's two more movies coming out in that franchise. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but anyway, when I say I want to go back in into the history of uh, some of the Harry Potter lore stuff, I've always wanted a story surrounding the founding of Hogwarts, um, the, the four founders of the school, right? Godric Gryffindor, uh, Rowena Ravenclaw, Helga Hufflepuff, and uh, Salazar Slytherin. Give me that, um, definitely, in a, in a uh, series. You can even put it on HBO Max. 
Think about how much that would uh, boost that streaming platform, you know, because the uh, we have Harry Potter kind of worked to get them out of the gate. Right. But uh, every service, you know, no matter what streaming platform you are, you got to keep giving the audience new things to uh, keep the subscription numbers up and everything. And, yeah, I, I think doing something new but familiar in that world in the Harry Potter franchise uh, would definitely help them out. But that's not what I'm about. I just want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vicky, to answer your, your question, um, I have two answers. Uh, my first one is Harry Potter in a series. Make it, I don't know, four seasons. Now, that might be too long. Maybe a couple of seasons uh, on the founding of Hogwarts. Uh, and then my second answer is kind of just a goofy one. It's not really anything that that I don't think can happen right now or maybe... I wouldn't even want it to happen currently, but if I could travel back in time to, uh, what, 2008 or whenever this was that uh, the TV show Lost ended. And yes, I'm going to bring up Lost in an answer to your question, Vicky, uh, <laughs> because I know how much you hate that show with a passion. Um, Vicky and I almost got divorced over the TV show Lost. No, I'm kidding. I don't think it got that bad, but there was a time in which I was like binge watching it uh, uh, near the end of the, the series. And uh, yeah, I can honestly say that for a while I was spending more time with Lost than I was with Vicky. Shame on me. Um, but the greatest show ever made, I stand behind that statement 100%. Uh, there will never be another show like Lost, flaws and all. But anyway, uh, there was a time leading up to the finale, like the final episode, where rumors were going around that they were going to release, um, the producers were going to release the finale in theaters. And that turned out to be just that, just a rumor, sadly. Um, but I was totally geared up and ready for that. So if I could like go back in time to be on theme with Lost, um, go back in time and uh, have that be a reality, watch the Lost finale in the theater, that would be a dream come true for me. Thanks, Vicky, for an amazing question. Uh, moving on, uh, Andy Manley. Hey, Andy, thanks for sending in a question. Andy is a former colleague, and he's a great guy, uh, and he chimed in on social media here, so thanks a lot. He says, greatest sports movie ever made. What is the greatest sports movie ever made? Whew. I hesitated to uh, include this one, I'll be honest. Not that it's a bad question. It's just uh, one of those questions that, definitely going to spark some controversy with whatever I answer, right? So really, you're putting a big target on my back with with this uh, question. Thanks a lot, Andy. No, but I think um, I think even the way I approach answering this question is controversial because um, I have to distinguish greatest sports movie ever made being a little bit different than uh, like my favorite sports movie. Uh, maybe on another episode of the podcast, I'll, I'll do a my favorite sports movie ever. But in terms of greatest sports movie ever made, I have to go with Air Bud. It's got to be Air Bud. And I'll tell you why. Okay. So every once in a while in a genre, there's a movie that comes along and just revolutionizes it, right? Air Bud was revolutionary. Like it or not, and I wasn't even a big fan of it, but like it or not, it ticked all the boxes of a great sports movie. It's feel good. It's family friendly. Pressure and excitement. Are they going to win the big game? And thanks to the talent and training of the main character, you know, they win it all in the end, right? And it's a it's a cute golden retriever. What's not to love about that? Um, how many, I want to know, I, I've lost count. How many spinoffs of Air Bud have, have there been? There were a couple of basketball spinoffs, right? And then there's uh, Air Bud World Pup. That was the soccer one. I'm pretty sure he's made his way into every sport. 
he or his puppies or grand puppies. I don't know. Um, but I think that as well is a testament to um, just how much Air Bud uh, changed the game. No pun intended. So there you have it, Andy. Simple answer. Uh, and I want to know, let, let me know if, if you agree with that or you, it's a hard disagree. Um, but hopefully I made a, a somewhat of a strong case for it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, moving on to the last audience question I have in the list for this episode, um, and that's coming from Christine Hofstad. Thank you, Christine, for sending in a, a question on social media. What is, this is, I love this one. It's just funny. What is a movie that I've fallen asleep to? Um, I have to tell you, I, I actually, it took me a while to think of one. My brain went right away to something I've talked about on the show before, and that's uh, Lord of the Rings. I've, uh, I didn't really count that, though. I've intentionally... Um, kind of made myself nice and cozy um, and put on Lord of the Rings. And normally near the end of it, I'll start to doze into uh, the most peaceful rest I've ever had. But I feel like that's different. You know, I, I kind of uh, got from this question that this was like unintentionally, I've just fallen asleep during a movie. I have to say that doesn't happen to me all that often. Um, with my passion for movies, like pretty much my whole life, even if I'm pretty tired, it's like I can't, I, I physically can't fall asleep when I know there's a movie on. Like I have to watch it to its entirety. Even when I was younger, that's just how, how I've always been. Um, but I, I thankfully, I was able to come up with something, uh, something for you here uh, in my recent memory, actually. So this may surprise you all, but my answer is The Force Awakens, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, And uh, part of the reason is this. I think of all the Star Wars, that's actually... Um, the episode that, that I went to watch the most uh, times in theater, maybe tied with um, episode one, Phantom Menace, because that's the one that really uh, got me hyped on the Star Wars train. Um, but Force Awakens, I, I watched four times in the theater, which makes sense for me. I, I've likened it before to uh, my experience with Phantom Menace, both in a different era kind of re-sparked um, my whole love for Star Wars. And, and so anyway, saw it four times in the theater, and I believe it was like the fourth time, right about the, I don't know, like a third into the movie, maybe right before the Rathtar scene um, on the freighter with Han Solo or something like that. I just, I remember dozing and, and head nodding <laughs> in the uh, dark theater in those, in those comfy chairs. The luxury loungers. They, they have to know people are going to be falling asleep in those, right? I still have mixed feelings about those new comfy chairs in a lot of these uh, movie theaters. It's like they're trying to get you to fall asleep. All right, but uh, Christine, thanks for the question. Lots of fun. I'll, I'll have to think about that one more and uh, try to come up with some more answers. But I'm kind of proud to say, uh, actually, that I haven't fallen asleep to too many movies. All right, uh, winding down here, before I sign off, I always like to do a, a fun scenario or a question or just something to think about, something to munch on. Uh, between now and, and our time together in the next episode. And so here's what I'm going to do. Uh, for the fun scenario, I am going to, it's my turn. I'm going to throw a question out to you, a specific movie question. And uh, I really want you to think about it and then get back to me. And I'll, in a moment, I'll talk about how you can reach out to Real Ramblin and give me your answers. I look forward to uh, reading through those and talking about them with you all. But here's my question, okay? What movie needs to happen? Plain and simple. What is a scenario in which you've always said, why hasn't anyone made a movie about this? Maybe it's, uh, uh, you know, any point in our rich timeline of history, or uh, maybe it's a, 
a piece of literature or a toy line, I don't know, something that you've said, oh, they need to make a movie out of this. So that's my question. What movie needs to happen, absolutely needs to happen? I have a couple of answers that I'll share with you just to get the creative juices flowing. Um, one thing that I've literally said out loud before, this why haven't they made a movie uh, about this topic, is a, I want to see a historical fiction drama centered on the core of discovery that is the uh, the expedition group of the Lewis and Clark expedition. Now, to the best of my memory, and I haven't really done any deep filmography studying, but in terms of uh, Lewis and Clark being featured in a film, I could think of the comedy back in the mid-90s. Uh, was it Chris Farley and Matthew Perry, Almost almost Heroes? That was Lewis and Clark-esque. But honestly, other, aside from that, uh, you've got uh, Leo DiCaprio in The Revenant, but that wasn't Lewis and Clark. It was uh, similar style, you know, similar story beats and, and dangers and things. But um, yeah, Lewis and Clark, I don't care what the title is, who's behind it for director. I just want somebody to uh, go after that rich sandbox of storytelling, you know, four to five years of exploring half the country. Got to come up with something good out of that, right? Um, and then my other answer is, really, this has been recently, because I've been uh, reading through a book series with my kids called The Penderwicks. It's it's this quirky family, and throughout the uh, five books, there's all kinds of uh, wacky adventures and fun characters. Um, but my favorite thing about it is that it's just, I feel like it reaches all ages of readers. You follow this family of girls uh, as they grow up. So, you know, in the first book, it's like there's three of them, and then by the fifth book, uh, the family has expanded, and some of them are in college, and um, it's just a really great uh, story that we've really enjoyed following. Um, but one of the, the main, like, through-line characters and plots, there's this, like, grumpy stepmother woman, and her name is Mrs. Tifton. And anytime I read um, this character, Mrs. Tifton, out loud for my kids, I kind of give her a flavor of, like, an Angelica Houston. Um, she's just kind of, she she does this really serious, uh, uptight, she does that really well. Um, and I'm mainly thinking of the role she's done for Wes Anderson films. And so that connection in my brain recently, all of a sudden, just like made it explode. I'm like, oh, I want Wes Anderson to direct the Penderwicks as a movie or a series of movies, maybe. Um, I think that would be amazing. And more and more recently, I've just thought, oh, th this movie needs to happen. Not only do I want to happen, why has this not been, why is this not in existence yet? Uh, <laughs> all right. So have fun with that question, everyone. What movie needs to happen? Let me know. Um, if you want to answer any of the questions presented on this episode, or you just want to chat with me about movies, you can find Real Ramblin' on social media at Real Ramblin' or send an archaic email to realramblin' at gmail.com. I'm teasing you. Emails are fine. I still use it. Uh, don't forget to catch other episodes of the podcast on Google, Spotify, and other platforms. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep watching movies. And don't be afraid to do a little rambling. Bye. Mm -hmm.